After that introduction, I was sitting like, I'm excited to hear whoever's speaking. That sounds, sounds amazing. <laughs> Who is this person? That's amazing. Thank you so much, guys, for having me up here. Uh, this is absolutely amazing. Yeah, uh, Jez introduced me because I was going to take 20 minutes telling you about my life in Zimbabwe. So that's really exciting. So for those who don't know, my name is Mrs. Wabazalulen Dubezunga Pelionglabe Velimpini. But yeah, if you didn't catch that. <laughs> so, uh, but everyone calls me Z. So yeah, welcome to our church. It's really exciting to see some new faces. Really exciting to see all the old faces as well. It's really exciting. Um, yeah, so as Jez has already explained, I'm going to be speaking on temptation and seeing straight, which is exciting. So the how-tos. So we're going through James, which is a how-to series, basically. Um, we've got a couple of things. Oh, there we go. I've lost my notes. That's all right. Just... There we go. Yeah, so, as I've said, thank you so much for coming here. Um, Jez has done a How to Grow last week, and I'm going to be carrying on from James uh, 1, 12 to 18, about how to fight temptation. We're going to be looking at how to handle anger, how to be a Christian, how to handle disappointment, and all such and such things. So, how to live as a Christian, and how to handle handle favoritism at work. So, we're basically doing a how-to series, so that's really exciting. I uh, hope you guys learn a lot. I hope I can impart what I've learned. So, guys, basically, if you don't think this is for you, that's fine. Um, therapy sessions are really expensive, so I'm going to use this time to pour my heart out to you guys. So, if anything, at the end of the day, ask me, so how does that make you feel? That would be really amazing. So, yeah, I'm going to get started. So, uh, I'm going to start off by praying before we open the Bible to James 1. So, if you just bow our heads and pray. Thank you, God, for this amazing Zimbabwean weather in England. Amen. Let's get started. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to be talking about how to resist temptation, and I'm going to go over three practical areas. So the, my first area is going to be the area of the heart. How do we resist temptation, and how do we put our hearts into that? And my second area is going to be how do we mentally resist temptation. How, what, what makes our hearts change is because of what we think. And the third thing is feet. How do we walk in a way that our minds are changed and our hearts are changed? So those are the three. So in the heart, I'm going to be focusing on how do you fall in love with something that something else doesn't become an option, which is, many of you may know, if you have a new girlfriend or new boyfriend and you like someone, you just want to spend time with that one person and everything else doesn't become an option. So that's what I'm going to be trying to home in on in terms of if you fall in love with Jesus, then you're not going to have any other time. You know, my mates will always say, let's go, let's go to the pub, let's go for pool, all those things which I love doing. But when you are infatuated with someone, you're just like, I just want to talk to you all the time. And then on the mind, how do you train, how do you believe in something that is constant, that you're going to be like, okay, this is a, a mental thing. How My mind is tuned to this, and therefore my heart can follow. And on the feet thing, how do we then walk the walk, you know, that our hearts are trying to walk? So this is quite difficult. So guys, bear with me as I air my dirty laundry in front of you guys. Exciting times for you. Yeah, so guys, yeah. This is something that's really close to my heart. As a young guy, as Jez was saying, who's really passionate for God, it's really, 
there's, there's a lot of difficult struggles that I go through in terms of what my friends are doing and what God wants me to be doing and what I want to be doing. There are a lot of struggles that I face in my journey. And you guys might not face any temptation, which is fine, as I said. Just listen to me. Don't be quiet. Keep nodding. Come up. Give me some tissues because there might be some waterworks earlier, later. Never mind. <laughs> so, yeah. Basically... I just want to talk about how we can set our hearts on fire for God. So that's my first point of call. How can we set our hearts on fire for God? Before I do that, I'm going to talk about the definition of temptation. What is temptation? I'm just going to come up there. So from the Oxford Dictionary, it says that temptation is the desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. That's the Oxford Dictionary. And then coming closer to home... Wikipedia, which is where everyone goes to, it says it's a fundamental desire to engage in short-term urges for enjoyment that, that threatens long-term goals. So that is temptation. That is temptation. It's a, it's a thing that you do in the short term that will threaten your long term. In the short term, you're like, I need to do this. I have to do this. I have to lie about my dress size. I have to put on this makeup. This is my life every day, guys. <laughs> it's emotional. This, this is what happens. You, you, in the moment, you feel like, this is what I have to do. This is who I am. I have to do this. I have to lie. I have to pretend to this person, even though in the long term, you know that's not who you are. So I'm going to look at uh, the Bible reading, which is uh, in James. So if you guys want to Open up your Bibles. That would be really exciting. Yeah, open up your Bibles. If you have a Bible, if you have a phone Bible, if you want to switch off now, if you, this is not for you, feel free to go on Facebook. I'm joking. Um, open up your Bibles, guys. We're going to be looking at James 1, which is uh, in the New Testament. Give you some time to look up. But these days, phone Bibles, you just type James and it takes you there, which is, which is good. Yeah, so we're going to be looking at James 1, which should be behind me on the screen. We're going to do some reading. Excuse my African accent, guys. Don't laugh. It's okay. Yeah. So, James 1, it's come up. It says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. So I'm going to explain as I go along. So the crown of life is basically the gift that Christ wants to give us for being steadfast. So the crown of life, personally, it's when, when you are adopted into a family. We look at uh, the likes of uh, Nero, who was adopted by Augustus in the Roman times. So he, he was adopted and then became the ruler of the Roman times, the biggest empire that I've ever known. This is him. So that's what the power of adoption is. You're not only adopted to become a son, but you are adopted you know, to rule, you're adopted. As, as Christians, we are adopted to rule the kingdom of heaven. We are adopted to rule over things that sometimes we let those things rule over us. So that's the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So it's a hard thing as well, those who love God. That, that's the promise that God is giving us. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then that desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Dun, dun, dun. That's pretty intense. Just don't, don't worry, guys. It's okay. I'll explain that part later. I'll just keep going. So, he then carries on and says, um, Do not be deceived, my beloved. 
Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So this is an, a mind thing. How do we trust God? He's constant, so we can put our minds on something that doesn't change. Whereas if you put your mind on a fashion trend or on Instagram, that's always going to be changing. That's not something that you can set your life on because it's always going to be changing. If I say I want to be the richest person, that definition is going to change because people are going to get richer. I'm going to lose money. I'm going to, if I want to say I'm going to, I want to be the most physically built person, like my friend over there. I'm not going to point you out. It's okay. My gym buddy, Alex. Did you see him when he was picking up the cake? Just never mind. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> okay yeah if, if, if that if that is my definition i'll always be fighting because i'm never going to get to that stage if he gets more bill then i'm always going to be chasing after what he has so there's no it's not a set thing but the word of god it does not change there is no variation so you can put your mind to this you can trust in the goodness of god constant it's something that doesn't change and then it says of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. Of his own will, he revealed himself to us. We were lost, but he came and said, you know what, guys, I'm going to reveal myself to you because I love you, so that we can be a kind of first fruits of his creation, of his creatures. So first fruits is just a saying of we are the beginning of what he is starting to do. We are the first sips. When you're so thirsty and you run into the house and you have your drink, those, those first drinks, that is the most exciting part of your drink. So... Yeah, awesome. So I just want to say for, for those who are non-Christians or those who are visiting us today, I know there's a couple of my friends who came to visit us. As a church, we trust the Bible because Jesus trusted the Bible. Not only that, because, but historically, Jesus is also, he, you know, he's a historic figure. It's not just a biblical figure. And if, if someone can come and live and die and resurrect, then I think it's a we, we have to pay attention to that person. So this is why we trust the Bible. This is why I'm reading the Bible and I'm saying everything that is in here is true and it's totally going to challenge you guys. I hope it challenges you, you guys. So why do we need to resist temptation? Why do we need to resist temptation? So I've spoken about what temptation is and now I'm going to say why do we need to resist it? We've read through the verses there and it's telling us why we need to resist temptation and why why it's a problem see temptation is a problem because look it gives birth to sin that you know you, people will say oh well it's just temptation for me i'm i'm always like that i'm always like ah it's just temptation it's fine i can flirt with people it's okay it's just temptation oh i can go dance with this person it's just temptation it's not sin is it i'm just thinking about it you know but actually temptation leads to sin and we know romans 3 23 says the wages of sin is death dun, dun, dun. sorry i'm gonna stop doing that so if temptation leads to sin and sin leads to death that's pretty that's pretty radical guys that's pretty scary that 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 terrifies me a lot of people think death really Okay, but I'll give you examples. Give you a couple of examples. I'll try and give some examples from my own life. Otherwise, I'll start using the examples that Martin told me in the morning. Not to share. <laughs> so basically, if you're in a relationship, you know, I've got an amazing chance to hang out with a lot of couples in the church. And I just see the way that they relate to one another. If, one of, if, a, if the guy, for example, which is the most people who I hang out with, is struggling with something and he decides not to tell his wife, 
and then that problem becomes more serious and more serious. And then you think, oh, it's just, it was a temptation that he gave into, that became a sin, that became a lie. Then their marriage could be destroyed. You know, a lot of you guys might be in situations where you are actually going through that or might have been affected by a lie or someone not being authentic and that temptation that then led to sin leading to the death of marriage. So that's pretty, this is pretty serious, guys. This is pretty, yeah, pretty scary. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So, and another thing, it harms our long-term goal. So if you have got a long-term goal, you know, relationships, if you've got a long-term goal in relationships, it will harm your long-term goal to succumb into temptation. If you have a long-term goal of doing something, if you set your eyes on something that is just, yeah, not, not long-term, if you say, I'm, I'm, I'm just, if I just do this thing, if I just, if I just get in here, there's an illustration that I was once told that was really helpful. People always think that when you're tempted, it's like, it's like a sniper bullet. It's like, okay, I'm tempted and I want to do this. Sorry for pointing at you, Tom. But it's like, if I, <laughs> if I just, if, you know, if this itch, I want to get this itch off of myself. I want to, ah, I don't look good. If I, if I go to the gym, if I have this surgery, if I have this thing, I'll just shoot that exact thing. If, I, if, if it's okay, if I just kiss my colleague at work without my wife knowing, or if we go away on a business trip, and yeah, it's okay. If I... You know, yeah, whatever. If, if I lie about this, it's okay. It's just a, it's just a, you know, it, it's, it's done. But actually, that is not what sin is. Sin is like a grenade. It destroys things around you. If I were to throw a grenade, even though it was intended for Tom, sorry again, I wish you no harm. <laughs> it, it will not only affect Tom, it will affect so many people around you. Uh, most of you know from experience, if you're struggling with something and you think, if you, and you hide it, once it comes out in the light, it doesn't only affect you. There's so many people that the paint spills on. There's so many people that the shrapnel goes over. So this, this is something serious. I, I don't know if you guys have... those experiences in your life and the other thing is it has repercussions it has repercussions what i was just talking about it sin will always temptation it will always find a way to the surface you know people always say that and it leads to death come on guys this is serious stuff this is exciting i hope you guys are as excited as i am Anyway, I'm going to talk about the type of people God uses because that got a bit grim i'm sorry about the grenade thing i love you tom I'm going to talk about the types of people that God uses. Because once sin comes in, people start to feel disqualified. Once, temp- once people start saying, you know what, I'm going through a phase where this temptation in my life is starting to become a habit. I'm going through this phase in my life where, you know, th- this thing is starting to become my identity. That's what I get. When I'm tempted, I start to feel this is my identity. And when, I, when I, I've had the amazing opportunity of being discipled by Jez, and the most challenging thing that I've had to do is to go to Jez and really tell him who I was and say, Jez, this is what I do in my private time. This is who I am. This is what I think when people overtake me in the highway. This is what I think yesterday when I was going to, I was going to Brighton. And the, I, I ran. The train conductor watched me running. And he, he, he's kind of stood there. And then as soon as I got to his carriage, he just kind of got in the train and closed the door and just kind of looked at me. And I was just like... The temptation there for me to punch the window and just report him. I wrote about it on Twitter, which is fine. It's just, oh, okay, that's, that's how we deal with anger these days. But that is still, <laughs> it's still not right. It was like I, 
So I had to go to Jez and say, but that started to feel like this is my identity. I'm this angry person. I'm this awful person. But when I started, the, that's, it says confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. When I came to Jez and I was like, Jez, this is who I am. No mask. You know, do you guys, do you, does anyone know who you really are? Like, really? Does anyone know your deepest, darkest secrets? Does your spouse, does your boyfriend, does your family, do, do you, are you, you know, is there something that you're hiding, you're suppressing? If you confess that, if you say that out loud, you will get freedom. There is freedom in that. So, that's really exciting. But it's really painful, I'm telling you. But I hope you guys can be encouraged that actually, on the other side of it, there is freedom. So, I'm going to talk about... Yeah, the people that God uses. So I'm going to try and read through that list very quickly. So these are people from the Bible, dotted around the Bible. You guys may know a few of them because they're making movies now. The Bible is absolutely amazing. They're making movies out of the Bible. This book is a book to be reckoned with, okay? Have you seen the new Noah movie? That was absolutely epic. And I'm going to, what's the other one? Moses has come up. Exodus, the new kings. You guys should watch that. It's absolutely amazing. Anyway, so Noah, he was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Joseph was abused. Moses stuttered. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. And he had long hair. It's not cool. (laughs) Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Not not only one, two things. This is, this is what sin does. It starts to make those things your identity. You start to think, I am an adulterer. But look at what God did with these amazing people. This is why everyone knows these people. It says, Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Not good. I, I, you guys are welcome. You're welcome. Jonah ran away from God. He got swallowed by a whale. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs, preached in camel clothes. It was just, yeah, something else. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Am I speaking to someone? Oh, that's, that's me every time. God, I just want to, yeah. Peter denied Christ. Martha worried the Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. This is not your identity, guys. This is not who you are. Zacchaeus was too short, was too small. Paul was too religious. He wanted to take religion in his own hands. Timothy had an ulcer. Lazarus was dead. Come on. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Come on. This is exciting. Literally. So wherever you are in your walk with Christ, Lazarus was dead. You are one step ahead of him, okay? God can definitely use you. <laughs> Definitely. So don't 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 be saying, oh, you know what? I struggle like my self-esteem or my anxiety. I could never stand and preach. I could never. My friends at work. Oh, I don't live a life that says that I'm a Christian. It doesn't matter. Lazarus was dead, and God still said, "Come out of your grave, and I'm gonna use you." And everyone knows the story of Lazarus. Come on, everyone. Sh- man, the banter, and, and you know, people are like, "Ah, stop being. This place is." dead like Lazarus, and everyone laughs, even though you're not a Christian, which is a funny joke. <laughs> you you guys, it's, it's okay. So, <laughs> what does, so I'm going to talk about the heart. It says, what does saying no to temptation look like? What does saying no to temptation? As I said before, if you are infatuated with someone, other things don't become an option. So that's a no-brainer. If you, if you fall in love with Jesus, nothing What's the, you know, oh, let's go out, let's do this. It it doesn't become an option. If you're obsessed with something, it's not a matter of saying, okay, I'm choosing Christ or I'm choosing sin. I'm choosing Christ or I'm choosing chasing money. I'm choosing Christ or I'm choosing what my friends think or peer pressure or going out or girls or boys or makeup or whatever it may be that you're struggling with. 
That's not, that's not what I'm trying to, to come and convince you guys. I'm not saying stop and stop right now. That's not what I'm saying. A lot of people might have heard that, might have heard people saying, oh, you're struggling. Oh, well, you're a Christian. Stop and stop right now. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying to you, it's not an option of you saying, okay, now I have to choose this or that. It's an option of saying, once I fall in love with Christ, I, you don't even think about that. Once you, get, if you, once you get that, these are the things that Christ wants to give you. Royal status. He wants to give you rule the kingdom, above the kingdom. So all those things that were chasing from underneath, saying, you know, I want money, I want cars, I, I, I want, you know, many sexual partners, whatever may define you. I want my identity in the world. I want my identity in my clothes. God wants you to rule over those things. He wants to give you eternal life, you know, 80 years, 900 years you might get here, but God is saying, I want to give you eternal life. Not only life here, and not eternal life. That, is, that just blows my mind. I can't even think about that. I'm only 21. God has been around since before the creation of the world, 6.5 for however many years you believe the world is. That's what, that's what it is, basically. So John 10.10 10 says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And... Christ came so that we may have life and life to the full. Come on, that's exciting, guys. Life to the full. Are you guys living your lives to the full at the moment? Is there secret sin that's crippling you? Is there secret sin that's causing you to be ashamed to witness or to pray? Are you seeing what you want to see in terms of fruit in your life, in your children, or in your family, in yourself? Are you confident? Are you living life to the full? Are you experiencing freedom? That's a question I could ask myself as well. Am I actually going through that? Am I experiencing that full freedom? Am I, you know, going to my friend's funeral and saying, come on, man, get up in Jesus' name. That's what Christ is saying. He's offering us. But are we actually walking in that? It's amazing. So, if you love God, this is what God is promising you. If you are a non-Christian, this is what God is offering you today. He's offering you eternal life. He's offering you this Come on, this is exciting. He's offering you so that you don't have to be a slave to all those things that are wearing you down and or alcohol, whatever it is. It's, it's just it's insignificant. He wants you to come to the real, true honey. You know, that's, ah, come on. <clears throat> okay, so we're gonna, I'm going to talk about the mind now. How do we shift our mind? So verse 17 says... Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. The character of God doesn't change. Many people will say, well, that doesn't apply to me. That applies to the people in the Bible. Well, the character of God seemed to change in the Old Testament, and then he went to rehab and got his anger issue sorted out, and then came out in the New Testament. Happy God. No, the character of God doesn't change. It is constant. And we know that even today, the God that we serve is the God that they served in Israel. That's why when you're in a situation where you feel enslaved, you know that God is going to part the Red Sea and you're going to walk out. Come on. That's exciting. If you are in a situation where you're enslaved, God is saying, you know what? You're not going to stay in that place. You're going to march out of that place in the authority of Jesus Christ. So in your life right now, you can trust God because his character is constant in the Old Testament and now. That's amazing. So I'm going to talk about what we can do with our feet. How can we start to move in this way? Right? How can we open up and be authentic with other people? So C.S. Lewis, who's, uh, he does amazing quotes. Jez's favorite person to quote from. Makes you feel intelligent. I wish I had his quote up there, but I don't. C.S. Lewis says that 
if, if you went to a, on holiday, basically, imagine you go on holiday, you go and watch a show, yay, okay, you go, and then on the stage, the stage opens up, and you're like, this is exciting, the music goes, you know, people are going crazy, and you're thinking something spectacular is going to come out, and there's a platter of food, and they open the food, and people go crazy, you're just going to be like, okay, oh, oh okay. What's going on here? This is exactly what they're talking about, about our desires are out of kilter. You're going to be like, one, either there's no food in this country, or two, people's appetite for food is out of proportion, which is the same thing for us. Me, being an African, if you didn't realize, in the West, you, you tend to notice more that actually there, there is there's a, a higher appetite for sex. You go on adverts, you, you see a perf- an advertisement, and you see a naked woman, and then you're like, what are you advertising? And then it's, it's perfume. You see another naked woman, and it's soap. You see another naked woman, and it's a car. I'm like, I didn't even see the car in the ad. <laughs> it's, it's just, oh, look at this. Drive this car. You get all the women. Where's, which car is it? I don't, this, this is, the appetite for sex is just way up there. And you guys are laughing because it's actually true. And you, you, you've bought a lot of things that you, you keep in, your, in the back of you because no women came to you at work the next day. <laughs> Disappointing. I'm taking that axe back. <laughs> so basically, I'm not here to, to trick you guys or anything, but Jesus is likening you guys to his children. He wants you guys to experience this freedom, and I'm hoping that you guys can experience this freedom today. God is saying you are no longer a slave to whatever you're going through. You're no longer a slave to this. So you don't have to be a moth and keep on running towards the light and keep on running to those things that are your security. You know, when, when, what I used to do was whenever I was anxious, I used to go to bed. That was my go-to thing. I used to say, it's okay, I'll just go to bed and it's, it's fine. And that caused me such great depression as an outcome because I was like, I couldn't deal with emotions properly. And I carried that for so many years until that one day when Christ came and said, Do why are you carrying all this pain when I said I've died for you so that you may have life and life to the full? Why are you carrying this guilt and shame for when I said I've died and so that you may have life to the full? So I'm challenging you guys today. This is, this is, this is what Christ is saying. He's not saying give up your, all your desires and follow him, but he's saying all your desires are in him. They are in him. This is why he came. So I hope you guys can be encouraged today, if anything, to just at least think about walking in freedom. Thank you.